This is your host Danny and this is Dan RPG Podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to games. It is not going to be about like those podcasts where we talk about games and we talk about hacks or we talk about characters and stuff. It is going to be a whole journey into the games, into certain games that I'm going to play. There is going to be a link to the YouTube channel. I'm going to actually play the games and you can watch the videos as I play the games. But right here in the podcast, I'm going to tell you about this journey. I'm a writer too, so I kind of used my skills in writing, and I hope you like that, to tell you the story. I kind of embodied the character, and of course for our episode today is going to be the first episode in our Fallout 4 series. I'm going to embody the character, I'm going to tell you about what happened to me in the very first episode, The World Falls Apart. And now without further ado, let's start with our very first episode in this series and this podcast. I hope you like it. Enjoy. The world is not what it used to be. The things we celebrated yesterday turned out to be the curse that will haunt us for a very long time. I saw what happens in wars. I had my fair share of the randomly distributed fate under many names. There has never been more justifications to any of our human endeavors more than those we invented to justify killing each other. But we had some peace even for a little while. There was enough time for me to start a family, a happy family, one I thought I could hold on to forever, and I might one day forget the horrors I saw on the battlefield. I was at home rehearsing a speech I was going to give that night at the veterans' meeting, and no matter how much I tried to be positive and lighten the burden in those heavy souls, I could never escape the one lesson war taught me just like any other war. War never changes. War. War never changes. In the year 1945, my great-great-grandfather, serving in the army, wondered when he'd get to go home to his wife and the son he'd never seen. He got his wish when the U.S. ended World War II by dropping atomic bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. The world awaited Armageddon. Instead, something miraculous happened. We began to use atomic energy not as a weapon, but as a nearly limitless source of power. People enjoyed luxuries once thought the realm of science fiction. Domestic robots, fusion-powered cars, portable computers. Then, in the 21st century, people awoke from the American dream. Years of consumption led to shortages of every major resource. The entire world unraveled. 
peace became a distant memory. It is now the year 2077. We stand on the brink of total war. And I am afraid. For myself. For my wife. For my infant son. Because if my time in the army taught me one thing, It's that war, war never changes. Nora came in and broke my being lost in my own thoughts and brought me back to my senses. Just one look or a gentle word from her made me forget who I once was and the horrible things I did in the name of freedom. I had my perfectly brewed cup of coffee that was made by my trusted robot, Codsworth, who was practically family. Maybe I'm not the perfect person to talk about sensitivity, but Codsworth was way more sensitive than any man I've ever met. My baby boy, Sean, began crying, as he would usually do whenever he couldn't see anyone around. And even my wife, Nora, trusted Codsworth to go on and change his diaper. It was a perfect morning. It seemed that nothing whatsoever was able to annoy me on that day. But little did I know that the salesman who had been haunting me for weeks was just around the corner to ruin such a lovely morning where my wife and I sat on our sofa in front of the TV watching some nonsense about the weather which had magical powers that can put your mind at ease and have you stray away in happy thoughts. But that salesman was as persistent as was his company which was trying to incorporate us into the happy band of perfect consumers. I had to answer his questions to make him leave as soon as salesmanly possible. Something that is unquestionably in a America. Good morning! vault calling! vault Remind me again? Why, we're about you, sir, and helping secure your future. You see, Voltec is the foremost builder of state-of-the-art underground fallout shelters. Vaults, if you will. Luxury accommodations where you can wait out the horrors of nuclear devastation. You can't begin to know how happy I am to finally speak with you. I've been trying for days. It's a matter of utmost urgency, I assure you. What's so important? Why, nothing less than your entire future. If you haven't noticed, sir, this country has gone to heck in a handbasket. If you'll excuse my language, the big kaboom is... It's inevitable, I'm afraid, and coming sooner than you may think, if you catch my meaning. Now, I know you're a busy fellow, so I won't take up much of your time. Time being a... Uh, mm -hmm. Precious commodity. I'm here today to tell you that because of your family service to our country, you have been pre-selected for entrance into the local vault. Vault 111. But there's room for my entire family, right? Of course, of course. Minus your robot, naturally. 
In fact, you're already cleared for entrance. It's just a matter of verifying some information. Don't want there to be any holdups in the unforeseen event of <laughs> total atomic annihilation. <laughs> Won't take but a moment. Tell me more about this vault. Oh, it has all the amenities of the modern home, I assure you. Not to mention total protection from nuclear radiation and hostile mutants. A better future underground. It's not only our mission, it's our passion. Now I can't wait for the world to end. <laughs> That's the spirit. Wonderful. That's everything. Uh, just gonna walk this over to the vault. Congratulations on being prepared for the future. Um, thanks again. Hey, it's peace of mind. That's worth a little paperwork, right? For you and Sean, no price is too high. <laughs> Good answer. I have my moments. Sean was not satisfied this time with the great care Codsworth always gave him and he needed our human touch. As we were playing with our little baby, and in a moment where he couldn't understand that the thing we wanted to say the most to him, that he would be safe with us, that he should stop crying because nothing bad would happen to him because we would always be there for him. But little did we know that we would quickly lose control and break our promises. Codsworth frantically called us to watch a news flash that broke the news the salesman was just telling me about and I, like a fool, was sarcastic in not being able to wait for the world to end, which was just about to be. Nuclear bombs were dropped in New York and Pennsylvania, and we were surely next in the list of targets of those missiles. We knew for sure one day would come and the threats would stop, and that they would actually drop, but we didn't want to believe it. However, disasters are not like that salesman. They don't try to convince you. They just happen. We hurried to the vault not knowing if we had enough time to hide before the bomb hit. Vault 111 was not far from our house, but these few hundred meters were like the longest marathon we had to cross. Death was there all the way, and only at the finish line there was that slight chance of life. We did not save any breath running all the way there, and all those people, our neighbors, were waiting there in line to get in, but it seemed that we were among the lucky few who won the golden ticket, but the vault was nothing like that chocolate factory. We barely made it in time, the bomb dropped and I could see the blast, not a few miles away. The elevator started to go down and the blast was visible like angry tsunami fighting the air to get to us. But we barely made it in time. We thought we were very lucky, but how could I know what was waiting for us in the vault? We were in shock and we followed the line that led us to some strangely looking pods that were supposed to decontaminate us before we headed deeper in the vault. Without question, we went into the pods like sheep dragged to the slaughterhouse. It started to get cold and I could feel nothing. I was near death many times in my earlier life as a soldier, but I never felt it this way, up close and personal. But then there I felt life in me again. I was not dead. The frost thawed for a few moments and I was awake to witness the worst nightmare I wished I had never seen. 
A stranger came along with a nurse or some staff worker whom I could not recognize and opened the pod opposite to mine where Nora and Sean were held. With my feeble hands I banged on the pod's door, but in vain. They tried to take Sean away from Nora and I knew her very well. She was the light of my life. She was the sweetest person in the world, but she was a lioness nonetheless. There was no way they could take Sean from her arms while there was one breath left, one heartbeat. And I had to see the last of these two slip away as that stranger shot her and took Sean from her already colder arms. And darkness covered my eyes once more, and my body was frozen one more time. I woke up and this time the door opened by itself. I wanted to believe that everything I saw was just a nightmare, but the lifeless body of my beautiful Nora in the pod opposite brought me back to Earth. I took her wedding ring and made her a promise that I would find the people who took Sean and that I will avenge her. Nora was not the only dead person around. I was the only one alive. I searched the vault for a sign of life but found nothing alive but gigantic roaches walking around feeding on the bodies of everybody. I saw some of the logs and I knew that Vault 111 was an experiment of cryogenic technology. They wanted to see how long we would last frozen in those nightmarish pods. And if not for me, I would easily say that the whole experiment failed. I had nothing better to do but to find my way out of the vault. My soldier instincts kicked in more quickly than I thought. I guess you always forget what you love to remember and remember what you really want to forget. I finally got out of the vault and made my way back to my house. But if not for the faithful Codsworth who was standing right in front of our house, I would have never guessed that this was our neighborhood. It was a complete wasteland. Uh, with you? 
Sean's been kidnapped. But I'm going to find him. I'm going to get my son back. It's worse than I thought. You're suffering from hunger-induced paranoia. Not eating properly for 200 years will do that, I'm afraid. <laughs> no. No, that's not possible. I wasn't out for that long. Not 200 years. A bit over 210, actually, sir. Or give or take a little. For the Earth's rotation and some minor dings to the old chronometer. <laughs> that means you're uh, two centuries late for dinner. <laughs> Perhaps I can whip you up a snack? <laughs> you must be famished. Codsworth, you're acting... a little bit weird. What's wrong? I... I... Oh, sir, it's been just horrible. Two centuries with no one to talk to, no one to serve. I spent the first ten years trying to keep the floors waxed, but nothing gets out nuclear fallout from vinyl wood. <laughs> nothing! And don't get me started about the futility of dusting a collapsed house. And the car, the car, how do you polish rust? Stay with me, pal. Focus. I'm afraid I don't know anything, sir. The bombs came and all of you left in such a hurry. I thought for certain you and your family were dead. I did find this holotape. I believe the missus was going to present it to you as a, as a surprise. But then, well, everything happened. A holotape? What's on it? I believe it's a private message for you. My etiquette protocols would not permit me to play it for myself. Any standard holotape reading device should be able to play it back. Oh, like that Pip-Boy on your arm. That should work brilliantly. Now, enough feeling sorry for myself. Shall we search the neighborhood together? The Mrs. and young Sean may turn up yet. Have you seen anything dangerous? Oh, just the usual, sir. Pesky neighborhood dogs and mosquitoes. Shall I investigate? All right. Lead the way. Proud to serve, sir! <laughs> I was shocked to learn that I was kept there in that cryogenic pod for more than 200 years. I didn't want to believe that, but it was true. But what does that mean? Where is Sean now? How old might he be? I couldn't find one clue of what happened in front of my eyes in any of Vault 111 logs. And now I know what I have to do. I have to survive. I'm a soldier and this time, I'm not fighting to regain some foolish honor or to satisfy the pride of any imbecile. I am fighting to get my son back. Codsworth told me there were some survivors in Concord, a nearby town, and I started to make my way there. I know nothing of this world. 
I need people to let me know what's going on. And I need to be strong enough to face whatever and whoever I have to face to get Sean back. On the way, I found a stray dog that didn't look dangerous at all. And even though I don't know what went on its head, I knew that he needed me as much as I needed him. So I kept him with me and together we will go to Concord, meet those survivors and maybe learn something about my lost son. So that's all for this episode. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. I hope to see you again in other episodes. And by the way, I am going to start creating other series very soon on other games. All of them are going to be RPG, just because RPG games are usually story rich. And because, to be honest, this is my favorite type of games. So I hope you like it. This is your host, Danny, and this is Dan RPG Podcast. Thanks again for listening. I will see you next time.